0: USR October, Day 7, regarding the Ming vase. We have been through the epiphanies. We have been through the player tips. So obviously, the next place to look is the referee section down at the bottom. And the first point that's made in the Tao of the GM is the way of the Ming vase. In essence, there is no rule in the book that reflects knocking stuff over in combat so if you run a combat rules as written and players step up they do their thing if there is a priceless ming vase on a pedestal the ming vase will survive the combat no matter how many people come in because there is no rule to knock it over and the idea is you need to think outside the box you as the referee are not constrained by the rules but instead the rules are a framework to create the situations that you uh, your players have to navigate out of with the Ming vase while I don't have a situation with a MacGuffin which was being threatened the first thing that came to mind when I read this was mm, a little bit of false OSR enthusiasm but i want to tell you the story about my suicide goblins when we were running a local friendly league it was the 3.5 rule set and one of the things that older dms who had more experience with the other systems noted to me was that first level characters got a wide allowance of gold then On the equipment list, one of the cheaper items you could buy was Alchemist's Fire, which you could throw at a target. It would hit him for D6 flame damage, but it would splash to everyone adjacent to the target for one point. No save. Very curious. Fast forward to the following Thursday. League night starts. A party uh, comprised of a... Uh, favored soul, which was their uh, spontaneous version of the cleric, uh, fighter, barbarian, uh, thief, and what have you. I don't remember the exact composition, but what I do remember is the divine spellcaster being spontaneous. They step into a cave that is occupied by goblins who have been harassing the train. They've been warned. They're fanatical. Lo and behold, the first thing they're accosted by are vine-swinging, Tarzan-style goblins. First-level PCs, each of them, with nothing but Alchemist's Fire purchased as their starting equipment. Strapped to their chests and abdomens, they crash into the first character, dealing 7d6 damage to themselves, but dealing 7 no-save splash damage to three separate party members each. First- and second-level characters don't have that many hit points. Immediately, two of the three go down. What followed was what I would call the most creative use of Create Water that I've ever seen, as well as some extreme stress on the part of the healer, but what's important is two things. One, nothing in the rules said that if the fire detonated, it would cause the other ones to detonate, or if it would detonate at all. Similarly. Nothing in the rules said that water would help. Instead, theoretically, uh, alchemist fire, if it's assumed to be modeled after Greek fire, would be based on an oily substance, which would not be put out by water. But we let it happen. Why is that? Because it was fun. The party was having a blast. This was nothing like any of the sanctioned modules that were out at the time. It was nothing like they had played before. And thankfully, they put up with me. They put up with a very silly idea that one of the other refs had had. I'll give credit where credit is due. It wasn't my original idea, but it was one that I got to act on, and I feel very privileged in so doing. For that, thank you, old crew. Uh, I'm curious. I know at least one of the people who was in that party listens to this podcast, so we'll see if he calls in or not. But the takeaway here is understanding that, in addition to what we've already established, the referee is not bound by the rules, The referee is also not bound by the lack of rules. Just because it doesn't say something would work doesn't mean it won't. And you have and should take the opportunity to use those gaps to create new scenarios, create novel interpretations, and produce those memories that your players will be talking about for years to come. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that story uh, in these brief five minutes as much as I enjoyed running it for those three or four hours back, uh, back whenever that happened. In any case, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. The Clear Square Ring Mail Podcast is an independently owned and operated product, released for educational and informative purposes under the Totally Steal This License, which is kind of like Creative Commons, except f- <coughs> licensing. Segments recorded within a vehicle are recorded using a Bluetooth hands free device in conjunction with local vehicular safety legislation. The music for the Clear Square Mail Podcast is gold coffee by Michael Ramirez, Retrieved from Mixkit.co and used under the Mixkit royalty free music license. Sound effects used in the Clear Swear Mail Podcast are also retrieved from Mixkit.co and used in accordance with the mixkit Free Sound effects license. Clear square ring mail does not describe to nor endorse views or opinions expressed by call-ins, guests, or even hosts, unless you think they're awesome and thus does not assume any liability regarding the consumption or distribution of this podcast. By listening to the Clear swearing Mail podcast, you agree to these provided terms. Parties with questions regarding these terms, conditions, or releases are encouraged to reach out to Clear- at the prescribed methods provided on the clear Square Ring blog. Parties dissatisfied with these terms, conditions, or releases are encouraged to go suck an egg.